Welcome to Mortally Wounded, episode 25. I'm your host, James. And I'm your host, Chris. And with us this evening, we have three very special guests. So we have Keith. Hello. We have Matt. Hello. And Steve. Hey, guys. Welcome to the show, guys. Really glad to have you on board. Uh, we're just, today, we're just going to wrap up uh, the Sydney Slaughter experience that we all had about a month ago now it's sort of uh time's gotten away with us and here we are we're back we're recording so um yeah we just want to go through uh, some of our favorite games of the weekend uh, a bit of hobby progress uh just a few introductions and uh favorite battle plan um anything like that uh what you liked about the tournament what we can improve on for next year all that kind of thing so um yeah we'll start off with um hobby progress chris I I have been doing a lot. Um, I've been building all my Seraphon so, and started to spray it now with Wraithbone, getting ready for that lovely, lovely contrast paint. Um, so, yeah, I've got my three Basties done, two engines, 60 Skinks, three Salamanders, three Razodons, six Pterodons, a Slan, a Star Priest. Uh, yeah, that's what I've built up so far. So, and I've sprayed, I've sprayed everything but the monsters with Wraithbone. So, uh, yeah, quite a lot of hobby progress for me. How good's the Wraithbone? It's such a good undercoat. Like, yeah. the de- it's it goes on really thin, but with good color. So it hasn't clogged any of the detail or anything. And um, yeah, it looks it looks great. Yeah, yeah I love, I've got the Grey Seer. I've been using that as well, and that's like super smooth. Like it's ten times better than Corax White, especially like in our climate. Like. <laughs> But yeah, cool. So just been building. That's about anything else. Any painting? Just the spray? Yeah, just just the spray. Other than one bright red skink, <laughs> contrast skink. <laughs> yeah, contrast skink. How, cool. how much of these uh, spray cans are a pop? Oh, it's thirty bucks. 30, thirty bucks. Yeah, 30 bucks, they're not yeah. cheap. No, they're not cheap. No, no. but they. Yeah, it, it. I have to say, it is good. It is good coverage and. Uh, if you need to use them for the contrast, then I don't mind spending thirty bucks. So this covers quite a lot. So right, okay. Well, Keith, what are you, uh, what have you been up to, man? Um, well, more gloom spike because I painted all, did the hard work and painted all the grots first. So that's <laughs> I did all the hard work and now I can have fun on painting squigs. So I've done the loon boss and some bounders and some uh, little squigs. So just adding squigs to the gloom spike. That's all at the moment. Nice. Oh, and and the um, the endless spells from Forbidden Power. So I've got those oh. mostly done. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I don't know if I'm going to use them all, but I've got got them painted. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Actually, I played Ash today, and he had he was using launch on the boat. The boat guy. Yep. The the bringy dingy. Yeah, the bringy dingy. Love it. All those flagellants, and uh, yeah, he caught me out really good with that. So yeah. <laughs> Watch out for the ferryman. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. So that's about it. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, Matt, what have you been up to recently, man? Not a whole lot. If I'm being brutally honest, I'm in that sort of phase where everyone else has got their nice new points and has stuff they want to like paint up and stuff. And I'm eyeing up Sydney GT where I've got to, you know, go up to two and a half K and I'm just not sure what that two and a half K is going to be. Yeah. So I'm just painting up some more, doggies but nothing too there's no like end goal for me with it which is always like the big motivator for me so i'm i'm being pretty lax if i'm honest no fair enough man you go through phases don't we yeah yeah cool 
Okay, Steve. Yeah, I've been pretty much just playing with contrast paints since they've come out. Yep. On all different sorts of things to see what they're going to be good for. How are you finding them? I, I love them. They're so quick. Yeah. You can smash out an army in no time, I think. So I'm looking forward to just finding an army and painting it all in contrast at the moment. So yep. I think I'm going to do Chain Trace next, maybe. Oh, but gross. I keep changing my ideas, so. Yeah, I keep b- bouncing around between projects. Can't oh, focus a, on one. That is a perfect army for contrast, though. All, the, all those just demons that you can put white colors and stuff. Yeah. yeah, like the blue horrors, and yeah, just so easy. Yeah, they're a bit what, intimidating before. Do you have a favorite contrast so far? I think snakebite leather is great, just yeah. for anything, and then probably um, pterodon turquoise for like a colored one for like demons and stuff yeah okay cool I've, i'd heard that pterodon turquoise wasn't it's quite a light blue isn't it um one of the other blues is really nice i can't remember which one it is i think it's actually a achelian achelian green yeah i've used that one that's one that's really good as well but no the pterodon turquoise is fairly dark um, yeah cool i did my blue horrors with it so you got a bit of a green tinge i think i've bought most of them so i'm gonna I'm going to use all of them. I've decided to just do rainbow skinks, so I'm going to have all the colors of the spectrum. That would be awesome. <laughs> Taste the rainbow. Yeah, I, I am tempted to try and write skittles with summoned skinks at some point. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to bring a bowl of skinks at the uh, bowl of um, skittles as well. <laughs> yeah. Or just have a bowl of skinks next to you for your summoning pool. <laughs> just, just so it doesn't feel quite so bad for my opponent when I chuck sixty extra skinks onto the table. I'm like, have some skittles. <laughs> I think yeah. it might be worse. Comes across a little as like showboating. <laughs> well, James, what have you been doing? Well, I'm preparing for Ipswich GT, which is at the end of this month. Uh, so the time of recording, about three weeks from now. So 26th, 27th, sorry, 27th, 28th of July. Um, so I had this grand idea to uh, try and paint up another 50 Graveguard. I've got a um, White King conversion that I've done using the Knight of Shrouds steed. Um, got Arkans body, Arkans cape, um, a few other bits and bobs. He's got Manfred's uh, Manfred's sword as well. So I'm really looking forward to getting into him and painting him up. Um, I've also got to paint Reichnor, the Grimhaler, and another Mortis engine. <laughs> so I've set myself a, a, the bar pretty high to try and get it done. But after this weekend, like I've only just finished painting um, 20 of the grave guard, which is just to make up my unit of my first unit of 30 I was hoping to take two units of 30, but I think realistically I'm going to be struggling to get it painted in time to the, like to a, a, a standard that I'm, I'm happy with. So the list is going to change. I'm probably going to, and you know, for bodies will probably take, uh, I'll have to take like another unit of 40 skellies or maybe even 60 zombies or something like that, just to take the pressure off the painting. And so I can really, um, Concentrate what, uh, down and paint properly. What, what legion you're running? Um, running the Legion of Grief. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I've been practicing a little bit with that, um, playing with list ideas recently, and I'm I love it. I love the bravery debuff mechanic. Like it really, mm-hmm. you have to kill one or two models, and you can force um, some some pretty decent battle shock 
Battleship. Yeah. Okay. And what about the, that new endless spell, the like, uh, yeah, um, Nagash's head spell, whatever it's called. That... The Horogast, yeah. Yeah, Horogast spell. Yeah, I've yeah. Horogast painted up and yeah, okay. um, put that, thrown that out on the board. And yeah, it makes it makes a big difference. Um, it's perfect for this army. It's built for this army pretty much. So, And a Banshee? Um, banshee or something? Well, my first list, the list I've been playing with had two Banshees. Oh, yeah. But um, and they were they were uh, ripping and tearing a little bit. But, um, still, that's only a four wound um, hero, so they do get picked off. They've been getting picked off straight away, so I'd be better yeah. off taking a second mortis engine, just oh, with okay. their area of effect um, shooting attack nine inches. Um, if I roll, I roll two dice. If it's higher than the bravery, then it's D three mortal wounds. So I can just push them up together, and just um, just do a bunch of mortal wounds into the, into the army, detonate them both. Another another wave of mortal wounds from each. Um, we've also got the purple sun in the list as well, so mm. um, that's another bravery debuff and and the purple sun doing its thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you can get down um, to like minus seven bravery or something, can't you? And then yeah, I've... if you if you start chipping <laughs> off models from multiple units with the AOE and yeah. you just cause mass battle shocks, I think it's it could be yeah. really good. Yeah, like I had a game against um, Dave Hurley's Deepkin. And we he got the minor victory, but it was on in blood and glory. But um, yeah, there was some yeah there was some moments where <laughs> the game could have gone either way. But he I think he rolled. There was a, a point where he had to charge me. Um, he needed a five inches or something. He rolled a two, and then he rolled a four <laughs> with his rerolls. So it sort of kept him in the game a bit. But um, against Stormcast, it was a lot. It was pretty good too. So played against the Evocators and Sequiturs. Um, but yeah, no, I'm really enjoying the mechanic. Um, the spells are cool. Um, you know, Whale of Doom. It's like another everything within six and a four up takes uh, D D three mortal wounds, I think, or D six. Um, so I'm going to give that to Reichnor. Um Yeah, Tragic Emanations, which is the command trait for the general. That's basically a twelve inch bubble of minus two to bravery. So wherever he goes, he'll be um, building up on that as well. So um, yeah, anyway, that's. That's been my hobby pretty much. So 20, 20 Grave Guard just finished and then I'm going to start building and start painting the rest of it. So, yeah. Yeah, cool. Sounds sounds like you've been pretty busy. <clears throat> I've literally written a timetable, a painting timetable for every day of the month up and leading up to the tournament. <laughs> so I have to achieve, I have to, I've got little goals every day to try to get through it all and finish it off. <laughs> It's a shame the Legion of Grief's only got three spells there. It's a bit of a bummer. Yeah, it's got three spells, three command traits, um, mm. three artifacts as well, <clears throat> which I'm not using for this particular list. So um, I'm using the Ether Quartz brooch. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, the Malign Sorcery artifacts are so much better. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's just um, also like using some of the new command abilities. There's the reroll mm. to hit. Yeah, combat, yeah. the reroll to saves in combat, and then you've also got a volley fire one for your missile troops. Mm-hmm. Reroll ones to hit. Um, so I was found, especially in the game against the Deepkin, I was like, a, I was buffing up my Mor- Morgas. Like the previous list <laughs> had six Morgas in it, right? So I was because they do another minus one bravery. Um, but after a couple of games with them, I've kind of gone well. They really, they really need that extra attack in um, Grand Host and a Gash. And yeah. um, the other heroes support like a, an extra attack from a vampire um, and a re-rolls to hit from a vampire or zombie dragon to really just um, 
yeah, just to really kind of maximize them. But yeah. Yep. They're not some at all. You can't bring them back. Yeah. So they've got to compete with the Graveguard, Black Knights, Skellies. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So let's move on. Um, so let's, let's have, let's talk about you guys. (laughs) So, um, Matt. Yes. Welcome to the show. Thanks Thank for coming you. on board. Um, shall we do spoilers? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Matt Matt Campbell uh, won the event. Uh, congratulations, Matt. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so just want to, for those who don't know you, um, could you just give yourself a quick little intro and um, then we'll move on and talk about uh, your favourite game and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, sweet. Um, so... For those who haven't met me, I'm I'm Matt. I'm a corn and destruction connoisseur. So I'm all about the aggressive combat armies. Um, yeah, I, I've been around in the AOS scene, especially the Sydney scene, pretty much since the beginning of AOS. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm definitely more tuned in towards. Uh, tournament gaming than necessarily hobbying and yeah definitely the gaming side is more my thing yeah cool that let's that's uh definitely shows because uh, you took out cancon as well didn't you yeah i did that that was obviously a big highlight for me but um yeah i, I i've had some pretty good success this year especially so hopefully it keeps going yeah, I'd say T- two events, and you've won both of them. One, both of corn. One pre-book, one post-book. So good showing. Yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna. I'm just gonna keep trying to white ride that way, pretty much. <laughs> cool. Uh, it's time to retire and give someone else a go. <laughs> Never. <laughs> yeah, no. Don't don't talk to my missus because she might agree with you. To be honest. Ah, oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, Matt, do you want to just um, do a quick rundown of the list you took? Yeah, for sure. So, um, obviously, using the new corn rules, um, I've always been more into my demons and my mortals, um, and it sort of showed with what I ended up taking. So I took the Reapers of Vengeance Slaughter Host, and basically the – essentially the upside to that is the command ability it gives you access to. So it essentially allows you to trigger a nearby demon unit to any Reapers of Vengeance hero, and they get to pile in and attack for a second time, immediately following their activation for that combat phase. Um, And basically the list included a Bloodthirster of Unfettered Fury, a Wrath of Corn Bloodthirster, and a Bloodthirster of Insensate Raid, so one of each of the generic Bloodthirsters. Uh, the Unfettered Fury had the trait Mage Eater, so that gives him an unbind and on a roll of a natural eight, uh, I believe it's D6 mortal wounds that the uh, wizard who casted the spell takes. Um, he had the Crimson Crown, which allows me to use his uh, six-inch pile-in uh, bubble once per battle round for free, um, as in no command points spent. Uh, then I had the Wrath of Corn Bloodthirster, who had the Skull Shard Mantle. Now, the Skull Shard Mantle is compulsory if you take Reapers of Vengeance, and it's basically a two-up ward save against uh, spells and endless spells damage. Um, and 
finally, the Bloodthirster of Insensate Rage has the Amberglaive, which is plus one to hit and plus one range on his big axe. Uh, so they all go in the Tyrants of Blood formation. Um, then I had a Bloodsecrator and Slaughter Priest. Um, those were the only mortals in the list, because then I had Skulltaker and four units of five flesh hands all inside a murder host formation. Uh, and then finally, just the Hex Gorgeous Skulls. That's tidy. <laughs> yeah, so it finishes up dead on 2K. Um, I suppose the idea behind the list is obviously the big hammer blows are coming from those bloodthirsters, um, especially from the insensate rage, because the other two are sort of there. They fulfill specific roles in the list, and the insensate rage goes in with that massive hammer and does damage. Um, and then Skulltaker is a really good little character killer. Um, but other than that, most of the other models are all there to score objectives while they do the damage. Yeah, cool. And you wielded it with great effectiveness. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, apparently. <laughs> so, uh, so tell us about um, what was your what was a highlight of Sydney Slaughter for you in terms of gaming? Which was your favourite game? Well, yeah, it's worth mentioning I did have five great games, as is usually the case, including a really tight game uh, with Keith. Um, but probably the the high point for me was probably because it was my favourite scenario more than anything else was the final game, Valley of Death. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. I think I've got that right. Um, that was against Kieran and his Hagnar Daughters of Cain. Um, I, I love that game because I went into it thinking I had no shot at it because, you know, this is pre-General's Handbook's changes. Hagnar is probably the strongest faction, specific uh, sort of faction in the game, um, certainly at that point, in my opinion. Um, and Kieran's a really good player with them. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's a pretty popular opinion, I'd say. Um, and Kieran is a really good player with them. He knows what he's doing. Um, and really, it was the actual scenario itself that gave me a chance because you're sort of forced to castle in. I was able to um, deploy quite aggressively, make Kieran think I was going to take the first turn. So he castled all his guys in behind a big unit of Sisters of Slaughter, um, but also measured knowing that he couldn't charge me first turn. Um, so by putting my Bloodthirsters forward, he thought I was going to go for a big Alpha Strike first turn charge. Um, instead, I gave him the turn, and it kind of meant that he was stuck in two minds of bubbling up and pushing out to get me and the objectives, and he sort of did a halfway house. And, of course, when it's my turn, um, I kept the Insensate Rage, uh, the two buffing mortal characters, and I think just the one unit of flesh hounds on the side of the board where we were and everything else ran out to the other objectives because I knew that while, while Kieran's army would just batter me in a straight up fight, I knew that if I could get up on the scenario early and take the second turn in the battle round for a few times, I would score two points to his one on the majority of the objectives yeah. And then I could sort of retreat and fight. 
Um, the reason I loved that game so much was the way that it ended, because we knew by the end that if I won the priority for the last battle round, um, I could take second turn. I had two objectives that he couldn't get to, um, and I would have scored four points and he only could have scored two. But um, he won the priority, um, made me go first, and I managed to basically like 10 different things needed to happen perfectly for me to end up um, taking one of the objectives and holding it. And they all did, resulting in me retreating out of combat with a slaughter priest, tying up his uh, snake ladies in combat and um, summoning up a bloodthirster, a wrath of corn bloodthirster near his objective and making that nine inch charge into a unit of three witch elves to take it. So it was it was proper Hail Mary stuff and it came off. So yeah, that was that was a highlight for me. Awesome. <laughs> I love that. I love when a, a plan you just you it balls it out and it pays off in the end. It's good. Yeah. Good I, I was that close to just being like, Oh no, you've won. Okay, good game. And then I was like Hang on a sec. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Let me try something. Yes. <laughs> awesome. So um Sweet. yeah. Um, should we move to Stephen? Um, you obviously came second at the event, which is why you're joining us. Um, so we've kind of got the top top three, top four um, is the plan. So, yeah, Steve, if you want to give a, a bit of an introduction to yourself and then uh, a rundown of the list you took as well, that'd be sweet. Yeah, so I'm Stephen. I've been playing Age of Sigma for about a year now. Sydney Slaughter last year was my first tournament. Um. I took a Legions of Nagash list with the big man himself, Nagash. So the list was Nagash, a necromancer, a vampire lord with the Aether Quartz brooch on a nightmare, and then um, two units of five direwolves, 40 skeletons, 30 grimghasts, and the palisade and the spell portal. So a pretty standard Nagash list, really, I think from what I've seen around, but um, yeah, it was pretty solid. I was surprised. I'd only played two games with it before the event, so um, pretty happy with the result. Yeah, and it was a it was a good list. I think looking at it, I was like, okay, yeah, you've you've got a good, like you've got the 40 skellies and 30 grimghasts with the gash, you've got the brooch and you've got the dogs, like you've got spell portal. I was like, you've got all the tools and the bodies. So um, yeah, no, it was a, it was a good list. I wasn't surprised to see you do well, but didn't realize you hadn't played only uh, two games with it. So, um, yeah, what was your um, what was your favorite game, and how did, how did the list kind of go and work? Or did you change how you were using it through the games and stuff like that? Yeah, so I learned a lot throughout each game because, well, didn't really know what I was doing the first game against um, Rob, but uh, the um, I think my favorite game would have been the oh, what was the one with the focal points sort of one. The oh, feast day. In the middle. Feast day, yeah. yeah. So that was against um Craig. Um and he had a shooty stormcast list with the three ballistas. So he deployed them looking over the central objective that a hero had to capture. And um I got Nagash onto the objective with the palisade up with the command ability for the five up after save as well. So he was on like a three up five up six up save 
and then he dispelled the palisade and just unleashed the blisters into him for two turns. Oh. And um, because of the command ability, he survived with, I think, two or three wound, three wounds on him. And so he charged his knight encanter in and popped the spirit flasks. <laughs> and he did three wounds to Nagash and three to his encanter. But then Nagash's mortal wound saved, bounced two back into the encanter and killed it. And Nagash survived <laughs> with two wounds left. So, <laughs> The, that whole game was just full of me rolling sixes for death saves. Yeah. And it was ridiculous. It was a lot of fun though. You really, yeah, sometimes you just roll hot on those on the death saves, don't you? Yeah, like you do two wounds, two sixes. You're like, this is this is great. So <laughs> I think there was five diables fighting a um a knight quester for four turns until um my vampire lord got sick of it and cast Emeranthine Orb on a natural ten and went off twice. Oh yes. And, Killed all the wolves and the um the night quester in one go. <laughs> I love that. He just goes enough of this shit. Yeah, exactly. He's like, I'm sick of watching this fight. So <laughs> that was a lot of fun. Um, there's just crazy moments, and then Grim Gas are just ridiculous. I learned throughout the tournament. Yeah. If you uh, put Van Hells on them and they get in twice, not much can stand up to that. What Gr- Grim Gast and the Legion's army are good. Who knew? Yeah, well, I hadn't really used them much, so it was um, eye-opening, My friends to say the least. I heard that they were pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, and then um, favourite scenario would have been the last one, the Valley of Death. Yeah, that's um, that's one of my faves as well. Because um, it's just so tactical. So, yeah, like, trying to, like, work out what points you're going to score each turn and how it's going to turn out each. Like, you just don't know what's going to happen. So, yeah, that was a really tactical one, especially for the last game. So hard. Yeah. Um. Just uh, I've actually been meaning to ask you, uh, what what spell, what spells did you choose for Nagash? So Nagash um, had, um, pinions for the plus five movement. Yep. Overwhelming dread, and um, what was the other one? Vile transference. Yeah. For some healing. Yep. And then then um, vampire lord had. Emeranthine Orb and the Necromancer had Fading Vigor. Yeah, cool. Yeah, good spread. So and did you say use Nagash fairly aggressively as well as a as a piece? Yeah, well, the second game, I, I had him behind a wall of either Skeletons or um, Grimgas pretty much most of the time until the Grimgas got too far away generally. Yeah. But, um, like, because he's still a beast in combat and oh, yeah. then with his spells, it's just... Like, nothing can touch him, it feels like, in any way most of the time. Yeah, um, it's a powerhouse. And Hand of Dust is just that constant threat that people keep trying to stay out of. Yeah. Did so, you get any off? Yeah, I Hand of Dusted a Star Drake turn, oh. first turn of the first game against <laughs> Rob. <laughs> so <laughs> that was pretty epic. And then I Hand of Dusted a Lord Arcanum, so it wasn't as exciting. But... um. Yeah, I only went off a couple of times. Yeah. I, I, ended, I did get a Rodigus in the last game yeah. at the end. But, um, yeah, it's pretty hard to get it off consistently. Plus, then there's the 50-50 chance to choose the right hand. Yeah. <laughs> so it was a fun list to play, though. That, like, magic, all the realm, all the scenarios having the realm spells Yeah, was awesome because you could just keep doing stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Cool. So, um, 
do you think he'll take Nagash again now that he's gone up in points? I want to because it was a lot of fun, but the whole list went up 160 points now. So mm, yeah, it's um a bit awkward. But I might I'm going to try like um subbing out the Grimgas for something else. Yeah, I think that's the main thing to change. Yep. But um, and maybe even the the um right now I'm playing with an idea of running. 20 blade guys. For I was just going to say, instead. just take 20 blade guys for retreat in charge. Yeah, exactly. So them and then put in a um, white king on steed because it's cheaper than a vampire lord. So, and you can still buff the skeletons. Yeah. So using the vamp just to buff the skeletons usually anyway? Well, normally the grim gas because they're the, the fightiest unit, yeah. but... Um, the Vampire Lord went up in points too. The Necromancer went up in points. So yeah. you kind of have to tweak with it to fit something in there. And I think the uh, White King on Steed's pretty tanky with his three-up save as well. So Yeah, he's cool. Has the Vampire Lord be... gone up too? He... Oh, no, he's 140. Sorry, I think... Oh, no, he okay. stayed the same. Oh, yeah, I thought you... The uh, Necromancer going up 20, though, that hurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just take um, Graveguard. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the other option. It might be a bit slow though. Those grim gusts moving eight flying is huge. Yeah, oh, take, take the uh, the boat, the the ferryman. Yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, the ferryman and some um, graveguard. Yeah, might have to see if I can fit that in. Yeah. Why do I get the feeling that that's going to become like a catchphrase for the new edition? Oh, just bring the boat, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> get him up there. Yeah, the bringy dingy. Ringy dingies, get them up there. Fits the theme too, skeletons. Yeah. I've already had concerning conversations in the corn group of people being like, yeah, you can take skull reapers and put them up. I'm like, oh, no, you can't because it's a spell and we're corn. <laughs> and you stop that. Uh, <laughs> just, stop run, people. just run eight <laughs> spells like you do, man. Exactly. If we can't have magic, no one can. <laughs> Oh, that's cool. So, yeah, thanks, Steve. And um, uh, Keith. Yeah. Keith Williamson, do you want to introduce yourself and um, go through your list? Okay. Yep. So if this was the Graham Norton show, I'd be on the end of the couch, wouldn't I? <laughs> if, if Sean's not here, does that mean I came third? <laughs> uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Well, I'll stay fourth. I'm on the end of the lounge. Um, so I'm Keith. It's joint I'm... third. Joint third, anyway. Joint Oh, okay. That's even better. Yeah. Um, so I, I bought the Gloom Spike Gits, and my list was um, a Loon Boss with Dead Shouty, so he could save a command point and use his command ability. And his command ability is that it gets to 24 inches, so he can um, make the grots on sixes to wound as a mortal in addition to other wounds. So that's really good, I found out. Uh, then I had a couple of Fungoid Shaman. And um, a couple of uh, uh, spider thing shaman. One was riding the uh, the giant spider, and then a little uh, madcap shaman. So plenty of spells. And then I had uh, a unit of sixty, unit of forty, and a unit of twenty stabbers, all with nets and so on. And then two units of five fanatics, and a unit of five spore splatter fanatics to give plus one attack. And then the endless spells, I had Scuttle Tide, Pendulum, Quicksilver Swords, and the Geminids before they all went up. And I was, um, I think I was 2,000 points. I might have been less. I can't remember. The points have changed. So my list has changed on War Scroll Builder. 
Yeah. But anyway, that was that was the plan to throw out endless spells and have some fun. I wasn't experienced with um, Gloom Spot. I'd only just finished painting them. And I had a game at the Games Cube versus the coach, the AOS coach. And I was running two units of 10 Fanatics. And I was finding they just go out and then die. They do a lot of damage, but then die. So it was a lot of points, 280 points a pop. Mm. So I dropped them down to units of five and went for an extra, a couple of extra endless spells. And it seemed to work out all right. So much fun throwing all those um, spells around. And that was the main, um, the main guts of the army. Throw the spells out. They had to come in and then the, uh, the grots would, would do some damage. And yep. it worked out all right. Yeah. That sounds like a lot of fun. I've, I've run a, a, an endless spell heavy um, list with my Legion of Sacrament. Yeah, um, yeah it is yeah. a lot of fun. It's probably the most enjoyable um, list I've played this year. Um, and yeah, just having all those spells at your disposal just it just adds that extra sort of layer of fun to the game. <laughs> yeah, and it, it make, makes the initiative role really, really interesting because you know sometimes you want to give it away because you just don't want those geminids going through your your combat unit again or something. You know, yeah. that's that's really good. I mean, they've gone up to sixty points, but I'm I'm still going to run them because they're really good. Yeah. That's what really makes the turn, you know, because you would give it away and, you know, get to move those Geminids. <laughs> so that's pretty good. Yeah, I'm toying I'm toying with it too. I think there's a Seraphon endless spell list there with the teleporting double slam, pushing them off, teleporting back kind of thing. Yeah. So I've okay. written a list that might might play with that as well. So it does seem fun. Like it's a lot of yeah. points, but I think it can it can do well. Board placement as well, just using them as blockers and stuff could be interesting. Yeah, or just you know, blockers, put them in front of something so they can't get quite so many attacks on you and that type of thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're really good. So, and good fun. And the um, the Quicksilver Swords are good against Chaos. And then, uh, and they're, but they were, I, got, I did it to Matt, and I got about um, five or six mortal wounds on one of his <laughs> bloodbursters. And then he remembered that he had like a two-up save versus spells. Yeah, you know that you know that uh, artifact I told you I had to take for Reapers of Vengeance. <laughs> remembered it at the last the right second. Time. Yeah, remembered at the right time. Yeah, nearly made it. <laughs> oh wow, look at this! But no, nah, didn't do anything. Yeah. Anyway, that that was that was good. So um, uh, my favorite game. They're all good, and um, you know, uh, and my game versus Matt. That was my only loss. That's probably the game I remember most because. You always remember your losses more. And probably the last scenario was the Valley of Death where I played um, the Mother of Dragons, Rob. (laughs) Yeah. And it's probably because it was the last game I probably remember it best, but it was a good scenario. And my only plan was because I was bottled up in this corner and he had two Star Drakes that were going to come and get me. I was going to try and hand a gork a unit over onto one of the objectives and hang on to it, but I failed, failed to get the spell off. So then he's into me with the two dragons and he's, you know, eating netters, biting, you know, now they can pick out guys out of the unit. So he's eating netters and then he's not minuses to hit and everything and he's just slaughtering me. And then the second turn, I got the, uh, the hand of gork off over onto one objective and got a few endless spells through the dragons. And at one stage, one of the dragons, one dragon died. The other one was running away. And I chased him down with this giant spider. And under the moon, you do uh, mortal wounds on a five plus. So under the under the bad moon, I you know, tanked about uh, or spiked about nine mortal wounds onto the dragon. 
So that was like a highlight for me. And then I pulled off like an 11-inch charge with another bunch of grots and, you know, it was a real turnaround. I was getting absolutely hammered and then it really turned it around. And Rob was a really nice guy about because he was way ahead and then I just had a whole bunch of luck and pulled it out of my ass at the end. So <laughs> that was that was good. That's what I remember about that one. And uh, But all the other games were really good against um, the two Deepkin players. I ended up killing all about 36 eels over the weekend. But uh, and again, those games I was way behind, and then uh, you know just came back at the end. So I had a lot of luck. Yeah. So I'm only here by sheer luck, I'd say. Dice gods. Yeah, and dice gods. Yeah, were with me. Yeah. And and the bad moon was was with you as well. The bad moon was with me, and the dice gods. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it was good. Good. And and all the scenarios were interesting and good. You know. But uh, yeah. So. What did you find was the most kind of? That's just I what guess, I remember. Consistent. If you ask me about any other game, I could just tell you. Oh, sorry, go on. In my army, yeah. What was the most, con- the most consistent consistently effective, effective unit? Yeah. In, in, no, in my army, the most oh, resilient. Yeah, you know, if somebody comes in and charges you and kills, you know, twenty grots. If you're near the um, the loon shrine, you don't care, you know, and then you're going to hit them back, and you know you're going to tie them up. The nets can put out a lot of damage. The uh, the loon bosses command ability, doing an extra mortal wound when a six to wound, you can get extra attacks from the spore splatters. So I was really surprised how resilient the grots are, and how much damage they can put out. Just chips away, and then if you've got a really big threat, you can throw something like the pendulum into them or something like that, you know, so. Yeah, yeah, I can I can endorse the grots being really good. I spent our whole game not either wanting to fully engage one unit or not engage them at all because mm. I just, I knew as soon as he got to fight with his grots into my bloodthirsters, they'd melt. And so I was like, all right, we've either all got to attack and wipe out that unit or no one's going into it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that, that was an interesting game because we had to fight over that middle objective. And yeah. I, I did hold it for a couple of turns, but then you just came and bullied me off them with the with the three bloodthirsters at once, you know? Well, yeah, I, I pretty much moved everything up there and just kept enough on my objective to stop you uh, teleporting in there and nicking it, but everything else moved up. Yeah, yeah, no, it was a good game, good game. I, I thought I had you for a little while early on, but then, you know. I was sure you had me for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> I even had one, the last bloodthirster was running away with nine wounds on him or something. That was yeah, great. that was that was one of my secret objectives, and I mm. remembered that late too, and I was like, oh, no, you're, you're running away. <laughs> I was you're not sticking around. I hand to gawked over there, tried to get him, but couldn't get him. Yeah. <laughs> No, they're all good games and all, all good opponents, you know. And good fun. For sure. Yep. And cool. uh, it was well well run by you guys, everything on time. Yeah. Food was good, beer was cold, it was good. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> good, good. And, I mean, James, you obviously played all five games as well. So what was your favourite scenario? Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I, well, I played the Buy Buster all weekend. Um, I was playing, then I wasn't playing, then I was playing, then I wasn't playing. <laughs> Um, but then, um, yeah, I, I played, oh, so I played Beth. Oh, I can't remember the rest of my games, it's, but, um, probably my highlight was, uh, actually probably my last game with, um, Jeff Gaylor. Um, he had a beautiful, um, sort of eighth edition high elves army, uh, that he's, um, rebased and brought over to Age of Sigma. And 
beautifully painted. He had like a whole ton of um, of uh, Phoenix Guard. He had a beautifully painted um, uh, anointed on dragon, like the old school um, dragon, like Imric sort of style dragon. And yeah, just it was just a real tactical, fun, interesting game. Like it was, yeah, that's probably my highlight. So yeah, thanks, Jeff. Just yeah, in case, I've, I've played. Sorry, just in case Jeff's listing, he's, he's a wanker. So very on. He's an old mate of mine from a long way back. Yeah. Uh, old days, but he's still a wanker. All right, carry on. Sorry. For balance there, I also played Jeff. I played him in our first game. And his high elf army made me so wistful. Like I, I love AOS and I would never go back and never change it for the world. But it's just like looking at it, I'm... I remember like being a kid and reading those high elf codexes and being like, oh, yes. (laughs) Yeah, he's not a bad guy. He's my uh, practice partner for any AOS games. Yeah, cool. He's always always gets right into it and he's, you know, always fun to play, you know. He's always, oh, if I could just do this. Yeah, it's good fun. (laughs) Yeah, there there was kind of this moment where I was just like kept on, it was a very thematic game because it was the elves versus the undead, and I just he just kept killing my stuff and I just kept bringing it back <laughs> and throwing at him. So it was like this epic, sort of you know very thematic undead just keep rising, keep getting thrown at him. He just kept having to keep killing him and killing him and killing him, <laughs> which is a bit of a theme throughout all of the games actually. Because I, I just took like a hodgepodge kind of death legion of night list with like no real sort of purpose, but it was just a lot of um, small. Yeah, small units pretty much and it has actually proved to be quite quite like effective like i was able to can do a lot with the list very flexible but um yeah being the buy buster wasn't exactly playing um playing for sheep stations <laughs> as they say but um yeah i had the pleasure of um playing um beth bigwood as well <laughs> so um worthy of a mention there she had a her, her, um seraphon and um yeah, I was trying my hardest, Beth, to to not win that game with you. <laughs> but um, you just didn't get on those objectives, Beth. What's going on? <laughs> but um, I found out later that uh, she was actually playing for the wooden spoon, which uh, <laughs> <laughs> which would explain <laughs> to explain that. Um, but yeah, so yeah, well, well done, Beth. And um, yeah, so that that's it. That's it for me for um for slaughter as far as the gaming side of things goes. Yeah, cool. So interesting. All four of you said that probably favorite scenario was Valley of Death. So I'll take I'll take those mechanics and stuff on board yeah. um, for for next year. There, obviously, people enjoyed them. Was it was it mostly the alternating points part of it? The two versus one. If you go second versus first in the battle round, or yeah. was part of it being pushed in? Like I think a bit of both. It was like a different deployment. Especially for like my army, I couldn't get to the objectives quickly. So, mm. and then my opponent couldn't either, being a Nurgle army. So it was very tactical, like <laughs> racing to the objectives yeah. with shuffling skeletons and plague bearers. <laughs> and fun, um, just that race. That's I think that's what I loved about it as well. Was um yeah, you're castling up in your zone, then you like you're both racing for those outlying objectives. Then you've got that. When do I strike? Do I try and go in and take theirs? I've still got to protect mine. Are they going to attack me? There's just a lot of to go through, and then you always like end up sort of wanting to give that first turn to your opponent if you win the priority, which kind of just flick. It's kind of flicks it all around, sort of thing. So it's good. Yeah, I agree. I I. Well, one, I love the um, different deployment because unlike 
anyone who's spoken so far. My army is quick, and it was the thing that gave me the fighting chance in that game, just to be able to be like, yeah, we're all going this way. <laughs> like, you can have these two objectives. We're going to go take those ones. Um, but also, I like any mission where you score more taking the second turn in the battle round, just because whenever you speak to someone and they try and uh, sort of have a go at the mechanics of AOS, they always go, oh, it's just decided by who gets the double turn. With stuff like this and with stuff like moving the endless spells, it makes it a decision yep. where 95% of the time it's not. And you, it just means that you you have to set up for both occasions. And sometimes in that game, I didn't always give it away. Uh, there were there was at least one occasion where I took it, even though I was going to score less points. Cause I was like, if I take the turn, I can get into a situation where I'll score three of them and can deny him scoring more than one. So you still end up scoring more points that way and you get to do the damage, but it does just mean you have to think about it every time. Yeah. Yeah. There's lots of doing math at the start of each turn to work out if you should go first or second. <laughs> and then what was going to happen next turn if you could keep, yeah. It was really good in being that tactical. Yeah. Cool. Um, I guess with that, was there any of the scenarios that you didn't like or there was any issues that kind of came up um, in general? or Yeah, just what were your kind of thoughts overall on, on the scenarios and stuff? Um, I, I know I'm not going to be critical, but I, I just don't like... Um, realmscape features that's just me you know so don't read anything into that um and the command ability you know like in our game versus matt we um both i i had an advantage where i could um uh cast hand of gore but matt also mm-hmm. had it as well because he could spend a command point and teleport so it sort of muted my little trick you know Anyway, that that's that's just me. I I don't like any of the realmscape features and so on. But uh, you know, that's uh, that's only my only. Cre- Otherwise, they're all great. Yep. Cool. Um, yeah, I think there's a there's a lot of people. Yeah, that's like not everyone likes the realmscapes. That's uh, I, I hear that I'll, I hear it um, a fair bit anyway in the um, within the general. A little, a little bit more complexity where there's so many things you've got to worry about, think about already. And it's like studying. You know, if somebody studies it well and they know when they, what they're going to do, it's a little bit, little bit edge they can get from study. You know, I don't know. Anyway, no. No, I've always liked that with that. But it's, it's, but I got so much happening already. You know, with endless spells and things happening, that it's uh, just adds a little bit more complexity. Yeah, yeah, fair enough, man. So, oh, Keith, man. if you didn't do magic, you could focus on <laughs> using <laughs> command abilities and stuff. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. just saying. Just one thing <laughs> at a time. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, Just focus yeah. on getting good. Getting good and yeah, spilling blood and blood tithe. Yeah. yeah, get rid of all of your grots, come back to corn, and you'll remember to use the command abilities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's too easy. You don't have any shooting either, do you? Oh, you got a blood thirst. Oh, my, my two bloodthirsters are quite the gun battery, I'll have you know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Did you did you face any heavy shooting armies? Or... Yes, I did. Jeff shot the hell out of me. Oh, just um, yeah. bolt throwers. Yeah, yeah, with his breathers and his bolt throwers and the archers. They just yep. I 20 archers. two turns to get 
to his uh, line, and by that time he'd had two shooting uh, mm. phases, and so he killed two out of the three bloodthirsters and a unit of flesh hounds before I even got into combat. Yeah, and he still so It was like I, I was yep. right up against it at that point. Told you he's a wanker. He's hopeless. <laughs> <laughs> I'm listen to this now. <laughs> Those are uh, bolt throwers have t- taken down Nagash a couple of times too. Yeah, they're so good. They're so good. I took them to CanCon a couple of years ago and they went really good. They surprised a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah, if you don't have a way to shoot those crews, they're just a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, bring back the elves. Bring them back. Yeah. <laughs> Um, in terms of differences this year, I, I loved all the scenarios. I have to admit, in previous Sydney slaughters, I haven't been a big fan of the um, uh, scenarios in which you have to kill enemy heroes, and that's your objective, because I, I do feel sometimes it just opens itself up to certain certain matchups just not working for you. Like, um, for instance, with... Gloom spike grots or something like that, or even certain Skaven builds. You've just, if your opponent has heavy shooting, you're just in all sorts of trouble in those ones because there's not even an objective to aim for. But I, I loved all of the scenarios for this one. Cool. The realm Steve? features were, yeah, the realm features were a good bonus, I thought. Just giving you those options and things you had to consider later in the game because yeah. like the the second scenario with the teleporting a unit like that was an option for both of you to consider and like block out the back of your board so nothing can get in or something to do for your own units and find a space to drop them through like I, I liked it and then I already said I liked the extra spells because well, I, I had Nagash so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can never go wrong with more spells no don't give Nagash any more spells yeah. <laughs> he needs them though. <laughs> you got to get that. Got to get the full value for his points. Full values, yeah. yeah eight casts. Yeah. I think I only did eight casts a few get a few turns in a few games. You don't want to let those spells go to waste. Mm. Exactly. No, I think you make Nagash better by taking away all the spells, um, giving him a similar like combat um, profile to like an exalted bloodthirster. And then just uh, proxying in an exalted bloodthirster instead. As long as he makes some um, exploding fixes, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm fine with that to be honest. Yeah, more <laughs> of that. Let's get games done in half an hour, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had a bloodthirster charge over the wall of thirty grim gas in the second game, and pile in twice and blow up Nagash in a turn. It's so good. It was ridiculous, ridiculous. But then I made a 12-inch charge with 40 skeletons that piled in twice. So (laughs) (laughs) it evened out. But that was another one of those awesome gaming moments. Nice. Yeah, so, like, um, is there anything you guys would um, think could be improved to make make the event better for next year? More trivia. <laughs> oh yeah, no, that's a good point. If welfare could stop cheating and being biased in the trivia <laughs> against the corny demons, um, that'd make the event a lot better. I didn't. I didn't write the trivia this year. James did it. I did the trivia this year. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I'm you're sorry. A team. Just because you don't read the law, don't give a shit about it. It's not my problem. 
I sometimes do. I read the corn stuff. I got all those questions right. Yeah, you did, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It was good fun. So, yeah, more trivia, do you think? Yeah, like the social part after was actually really good on the Saturday night. Had a great, great time doing that. Yeah. Um, The actual tournament itself was run. It was great. And then the venue was really good, but then I'm biased because it's my games club. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think um, it's good that you enjoy the quiz and stuff and um, like you said, the social on the Saturday evening was good, but I couldn't help but feel that not that many people came. Like, do you think it starts a bit late because of the painting competition or do you think things should be moved around? Like, I'm just curious to know your first thoughts. The painting competition was a bit felt disjointed it was kind of everything was everywhere mm, yeah. especially with the individual categories you just didn't know who was entering what mm, yeah that was probably the only thing but then yeah. i get you can't take a model out of your army if your army's on display and have it up the front as well yeah yeah we'd have to figure out a better way to run that maybe just have them if, if you're entering it they're all just there and it's just you just have to like it's just not going to be with your army but like is that going to be a big deal anyway i don't know Probably not. Yeah, I guess it depends if it's your centerpiece model or not. But <laughs> True. Yeah. yeah. I think last year, because you guys did it all at the front, which was cool to see all the entries on display and see what other people were entering. Yeah. Where this year, there was like three or four on the tables and that was it. Yeah, it looked a bit um, lonely up there, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. We'll, have to, we'll have to work Good. out a better way to... Yeah, maybe we'll have to do the army painting, the, the army voting during lunch or something, even though... I'm always I try and avoid that so that people can have their lunch break. But yeah, um, but maybe we a lot half an hour after lunch before the game before third game for the army voting and then do the painting competition. Yeah, I think something like that would be nice. Okay, good to know. Are you guys, I'm um, happy with all like the the scoring and all that. Sort can of I thing? talk about the sports score? Yep. Oh, yeah. yeah. You made us choose three. Was that right? If I remember correctly. Oh, best opponent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we had to choose three. Yeah, oh, you should be able to choose five. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You just feel mean. Who, who don't I give it to? You know, There's no drama. You have a good game against everybody. I don't yeah. know why you have to choose three. And even worse when you've got to choose one. That's really bad too, you know. That's, okay. Yeah. But that's good a sports thing, isn't it, really, you know? Yeah, you I mean, to, you should be able to most, choose five. most of them are two, right? So I thought I was expanding it on three, but good yeah, to I know. know. Let's go five. Let's go five, you know? Yeah. The uh, the victory points capping as well was a cool added feature because even if you're losing, you're still trying to score those extra points in the games. Yeah. Just to... Yeah. Sorry, Matt, you were saying? Yeah, I, I was just going to say, I, I actually think that having less sports votes is the way for me to feel less of a douche about it because by the time you've got three people, you're you're almost at that stage where you're going, well, just a couple people aren't my favourite vote. And I felt like I was just being like, well, yeah, I had three games that were, like, really, really good. All five of my games were excellent. And so I feel it would have been easier to pick that one that went above and beyond than select two that felt like I was saying weren't on the same level, even when they were extremely fun games. So I, I would say, for me, it would be easier just to pick one than just exclude a couple. Okay, interesting. 
Yeah, uh, I'm the opposite. Yeah, and that's the thing. Everyone, you'll never everyone, please everyone. everyone so. about it. Yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah, there's no no right answer. No. It's easy. Um, Next year, I'll give Keith two of my sports votes. I'll just hand out one. What did you guys think of the? gamesmanship kind of criteria this year rather than a um like the maybe arbitrary kind of up to five sports points what did you think about the actual kind of just prescribed checklist for gamesmanship i think it's really good when you're clear as to what you're marking um because then it takes a lot of the ambiguity ambiguity out of it um it, it makes it easy for people to who, you know, it's a hobby where some people are socially awkward um, sometimes, and it gives them an indication of these are things I have to do, or these are the things that are expected of me. You know, all too often it's felt that, like, if you have a type A really out there, really nice guy personality who's overflowing with charisma, that's what you need to get max sports points and best game votes when really that's probably not fair on uh, people who just are a bit more reserved. You know, they're not, I always try and remember that people aren't necessarily blanking you. Sometimes they're just a quiet person. Yeah, absolutely. So I think the, the gamesmanship like criteria thing's good, but it's kind of, I think it should be a generic thing that everybody does by default. Like it's just courtesy for gaming. Mm. I think yeah. like you should always turn up on time, be clear what you're doing, like all those sort of things are default amongst, you know, any game system that you play. So like... Yeah, I co- I completely agree. And to be honest, that's why I added it into the gamesmanship. So it came into your gaming score because it should be something you're doing like anyway, as part of playing the game rather than it being a best opponent vote. Yeah, exactly. It's good it was separated from this like sports section. Yeah, I think it was it was good. Yeah. Yeah. There's a sort sort of certain criteria. Everyone's expected to do that and that's good. Yeah. I mean we're all a bit weird. We're all war gamers. We're all a bit weird. Uh, you know? <laughs> exactly. Business, you know, have a look in the mirror. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. If anyone knows Keith um online he's got his particular um his facebook picture <laughs> it's one of the orcs from the lord of the rings <laughs> and uh yeah it's very apt because uh we're recording at the moment and every time he talks his this little icon of his of that orc face just pops up and it's hideous it's <laughs> me I'm, I'm i think i'm australia's oldest age of sigma player so yeah, yeah. yeah. i'm sorry keith but it does kind of look a little bit like you as well <laughs> It's the same nose. Yeah. <laughs> and the grim and the grimace. <laughs> oh, I've rolled double one again. Yeah, yeah that's it. <laughs> cool. Well, um, I think we might uh take a short break there and then uh we'll come back and we'll talk about a few more things. back from the break 
So now we're going to have a chat with Sean, who hey. is also at Sydney Slaughter. Um, he was unable to join us when we were chatting with the rest of the guys, but we've got him on now. Um, so we're just going to have a chat just with Sean, um, similar to how we've chatted to the rest of the guys and, um, yeah, kind of hear his thoughts on the event. Um, so yeah, Sean, do you want to introduce yourself and then give us a rundown of the list you took to the event? Yeah, no worries. Um, sorry for my tidiness. Um, so, um, my name is Sean Haig. Um, I'm one of the, the Canberra guys. Um, so originally from Wollongong. Um, I'm nearly 20 years in the hobby now. Uh, did a bit of a stint at G-Dub as a casual, got me through uni. Um, and, yeah, I've been kind of mainly a 40K player um, up until the end of last year. Uh, and I came over to Sigma at the, the first tournament I went to was CanCon, uh, and I've been trying to get to as many as I can this year. So it's been, been really good fun. Um, and uh, it's been a really nice transition over from 40k yeah nice yeah so um what attracted you to aos as opposed to 40k uh always love the models i've had the the army sitting there for a, a fair while i kind of the first one i leapt into was um was the stormcast that i took to um sydney slaughter um but i've got I've got uh, three other projects sitting there. I've got my old Slanesh army that I've transferred over from Fantasy. Um, I've got uh, 3,000 points of Caradron sitting there all in grey. Um, and I've got a troll army sitting there. So uh, the models really grabbed me straight away and I've just dived in head first. And then the gameplay has really got me this year, which is why I've started jumping on the tournaments. Yeah, nice. Yeah, cool. Yeah. So you said CanCon was your first tournament. Was that yeah. CanCon 20... 20- 19 this year yeah 2019 this year in in january so okay so you've only been in the in the hobby kind of six seven months in terms of gaming tournament wise so yeah yeah so yeah it was basically i hadn't even played any of the small ones at jolt up until that point and um just decided to jump straight over from 40k yeah well man you definitely made a splash on the scene already so yeah Yeah, so you you obviously came third at at slaughter so um a strong showing um yeah you had, uh, as we'll get onto, I guess, with your list, you had to kind of shoot cast, um, but yeah. different different to all of the other types. You uh, didn't go the blister route. So, um, no. yeah, I think, I think your list was the most interesting when I saw it and um, obviously played well for you. So, yeah, it's um, kind of good to see. Yeah, yeah. It's um, primarily I wanted to do something different and um, the hobbies also wanted, like, a huge aspect for me aside from the gaming and I love the models. Um in the Vanguard list. Um, so that's really what grabbed me rather than the tactics. And um, I've been playing casually with them uh, for about a year prior to CanCon uh, and really struggling to get them to work. It's taken me a long time to feed the army out. Uh, so the the general army just is it's based um, pretty much solely around Vanguard units. I've got a few kind of tech choices in there in regards to characters. Um, but the body of the list, I've got three Vanguard Hunter units um, as my um, battle line choices. Um, then I've got uh, a min unit of three Paladors that give me a bit of speed in combat. Um, and I've got a Lord Akalor, uh and a Lord Relicta there that pretty much just without a doubt takes the, um, the Lightning Chariot uh, Prayer 
to give me two methods of um, maneuverability. Um, and then the other the other leader choices I've got are an Azeros um, to give me reroll ones to hit. Um, and then the big guy, the Celestin Prime, who I find synergizes really well with the army. Um, and then finally, the the I guess the main hammer unit is the nine long strikes, which is my alternate shoot cast option, um, running running uh, anvils. Um, so I'm essentially doubling the effectiveness of the 500 point unit there, um, which I think is probably one of the main keys to the army. But then on top of that, you kind of got to keep it out of danger and and play around that because that's really the core of the whole army. Um, oh, and there's a couple of units of other wings in there as well for screening. So, yeah, it's cool to it's cool to see the prime because I don't know why, but we still don't see many um, many people taking him in Stormcast. And I, I think as someone that's used him a few years ago when he was more expensive and not as reliable as he is now, and still worth it. Um, yeah, I'm surprised we don't see him more. But obviously, you've, you've taken him and had good success with him. So, um, yeah, yeah. Now, Nine long strikes is always um, solid. So I'm guessing you're using the prayer from the Relector to be able to teleport the long strikes in the hero phase? Yeah, so um, having the the prayer to teleport the long strikes in the hero phase if I want to um, gives me a lot of options with the unit because of the anvil's um, ability to double shoot taking place in the hero phase as well. Um, if I have a, a hero kind of more forward position that's got will give me better range to um, uh, other parts of my opponent's army, I'm able to actually teleport them in range provided the prayer goes off. Sometimes it's a bit devastating when it doesn't. Um, but uh, teleport them towards another hero and then use that hero to use the Anvil's ability um, and, and give me a wider range of targets because the, the range of the long strikes is, is pretty considerable in... In AOS, I've found compared to most things at 30, um, but a lot of the time you don't want them in that. It's kind of risk management. You don't want them too close to, to certain targets. Um, so the ability to kind of bounce them forward with the prayer and then even if you need to grab them with the Lord Aquil or later in the, the end of the movement phase and then rip them back out um, gives you a lot of movement shenanigans to kind of play with that unit. Yeah, um, and I guess along the lines of you talking about the Celestine Prime, that while I was kind of playtesting the army in, in more friendly games, um, that was the probably the component of the army that was missing for quite a while. Uh, and, and once I added that, it came together because I was lacking lacking the punch onto objectives that the Prime really gives me now at a key time. And because the army is quite defensive, I'm usually able to keep him in reserve for for a pretty long period, um, bringing him down turn turn three at least, sometimes turn, yeah. Yeah, turn, turn three is, yeah, good. I was going to ask, do you bring him down early or do, do you save him up for the late game? So, Yeah, yeah, generally generally trying to leave him as late late as possible. If I get, if I get pinned in place in, in some occasions, I, um, I do have to bring him down early, but it's kind of, usually to get myself out of trouble more than anything. Cool. And yeah. do you, did you ever find, obviously, because he's a hero as well, do you ever use the anvils to just let him attack in the hero phase? Because, I mean, he can be a bit of a beat stick as well. So 
Yeah, it's it, it's a good thing to have happen, um, but I guess it, it's very situational for that to occur because you you really have to kind of get the double turn or have him survive a charge. Um, and usually if people are going to pick on him, they're going to pick on him with something big enough to kill him in one round before he hits back. Um, but, yeah, I found against, against horde units, it's quite handy if you... You kind of sort of bank on the top the double turn a little bit with the expectation of even if you don't get it, you're gonna gonna likely be able to survive the the horde units taps because it is high armor save and decent amount of wounds. You can look for that, I guess, full three rounds of attack in a row if you do get the double turn and he's already tied up in combat. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, so. Do you want to um, just talk us through maybe your favourite game um, from from Sydney Slaughter, the, the scenario or the game, if they were to yeah. Be ones or yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess the favourite game was um, the the fourth game uh, against Brogan Clark. Um, he was on uh, running uh, Iron Jaws. The list was pretty hard counted to mine though, and it was in the Bad Moon mission, um, which was. Uh, it was quite challenging, I thought, from the outset for my army because it was very focused on the centre objective for the first couple of turns of the game. Um, and given my army likes to skirt the edges on the first couple of turns, um, I, I really had to kind of give up some points early on um, and, and kind of give him the lead and try and drag it back. And it was it was pretty high stakes, I guess, because we were both on on a few wins um, going in that and it was heading towards the last game and it was just a bunch of fun. We um, had some had some really good laughs and um, uh, the terrain the terrain rules for that mission were, were messing with me quite heavily too. Uh, <laughs> I think from memory it was uh, the, the mission where it was uh, uh, one or D3 pieces of terrain were pumping out D3 mortal wounds on units. So <laughs> yeah. I'm usually trying to anchor down in terrain and I was second guessing that kind of all game whether I wanted to to put the elite units near cover um, and out of the harm's way or whether I wanted to kind of sit in the open and and not get hit potentially by those mortal wounds. So yeah, it was quite it kept me on the toes a fair bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it um, ended up coming right down to the end. Um, most of my games actually did for the whole tournament, came down to like the last turn or close to, um, and I managed to, to sneak past him on the, the victory points on the last turn of the game. So nice. really good. Yeah. yeah, it sounds like he had a good game with Brogan because um, he actually got best sports for the event too. So I'm guessing he yeah. got your, your best uh, opponent vote. <laughs> Yeah, he did. Yeah, it was a tough choice. I had had great games all yeah. weekend. I no complaints at all. So yeah, had um had really good opponent opponents right across the weekend. That was a great part of it. Um, yeah. all the games were in really good spirit. So yeah, and two beautiful armies on the table there as well. So for people who haven't seen Sean's army, it's kind of uh you got the the blue that kind of metallic shining sort of blue um yeah uh, pauldrons and things like that. So. Yeah, yeah, it looks amazing, and your display Thanks. board um, looks amazing too. Like really colourful, Thanks. really draws the eye to it. That uh, realm gate you've got on there, and the all the the, the tree and the foliage yeah. and all that sort of stuff It's really cool. Yeah, yeah, it's um the army theme wise is based in Gyran, so yeah. um realm of life, and I've I've got a lot of kind of jungle foliage 
mm. um, on the bases and things like that. And yeah. then the Stormcasts themselves are painted up in um, Vallejo chrome, so they're pretty shiny. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, some glossy blue bits and, and things like that. So. And you yeah. also took home a painting prize. Um, yeah, the um, uh, what was the category again? The uh, open. Yeah. open, yeah, the masterpiece. masterpiece. Yeah. yeah, so um, I didn't realize you guys were having the painting competition. I only just noticed on the morning me and Dave were leaving up to to um, Sydney, and um, I I just paint up kind of display pieces to throw in cabinet at home. There's a break between painting units for my armies. Yeah. Um, so I grabbed, I grabbed uh, Thankful versus Gotrek diorama I'd done up out of the cabinet and brought it up. Um, and, yeah, it was really cool. Won yeah. the, won the uh, masterpiece, so that was nice. Yeah, yeah and, it was, it was um, an awesome model, very well-deserved. So. Yeah. yeah, it was a pretty much unanimous decision. For yeah. Judges, yeah. So. <laughs> you made it easier for us. <laughs> Yeah, there's some um, there's some great stuff there. Trav Trav stuff, as always, was amazing. Um, yeah. yeah, and and some of the units that were put up the um, the sharks for the Ideneth, and yeah, oh, there's yeah. some great pieces. Yeah, yeah, Ben's uh, Ben's Ideneth and um, Alex Murray's uh, Darkling Covens. Yeah, yeah, another standout. Um, Jordan's Nurgle. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's there's so much there. Brogan's iron jaws were fantastic as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was that the the level of hobby at the event I was so impressed with. It was it was such a a, yeah. a treat, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. I think that's one of the main things I've noticed coming over to AOS with the compulsory painting for most of the tournaments. Um, just the level of everyone's hobbies through the roof. It's amazing. Like you come across so many great armies. Um across the table from you at every tournament just because of the that rule that's in place for most of them. Yeah. So it's really good. Yeah, that's it. Well, um, so we've talked about your, um, your favorite game and, um, are there, is there anything about the event that you think we could improve on for next year? Uh, everything was fantastic. It's great to be able to, to just grab a casual drink with your opponent after the game. Not that I had time with a lot of them because they came right down to the last turn or a bit pushed for time, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, just just a, it was great. It was relaxed. We could grab food there. Um, I guess the only thing for us guys coming from Canberra was the, the kind of um, we had to start a bit late, and I understand that's not, not you guys as the organisers, but the venue itself had to start a bit late on Sunday and um, – uh, I know a couple of guys were pretty keen to get out of there a little bit earlier because we had to had the long drive back. But um, I think we were happy to hang around in the end. And um, yeah, the uh, the award ceremony was great. So yeah, yeah, yeah just had to stick around for your awards, mate. <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, but yeah, definitely right. noted. Um, yeah, if there's any way we could make it earlier, um, something we can yeah, think about for next year. It's something we can obviously talk to them about, and if if once now we've kind of we've done it once and they know what to expect and we've kind of built that relationship it is something i would try and push for to bring this time i mean we already had to we brought it a little bit earlier it's just that they don't open normally and the the rsl in general doesn't open that early so the manager to come in kind of on our own off our own back i guess so yeah yeah, it's really good we'll we'll try and do yeah yeah Um, and it's great that they're willing to start a little bit early for us as well so yeah 
Yeah. Um, so you said, um, like, obviously your favourite game um, was Brogan. Was that your favourite scenario, or um, and were, were there any that you, any of the scenarios um, that you weren't a big fan of, and kind of why or what you did like about the scenarios in general, and what you maybe didn't like? Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't think there was any one particular scenario. I just really liked deviating from the standard kind of general handbook um, and and core rulebook missions, even though I've only been playing, like, since January. It's good to have a, a break from that, and I think it's, it's fantastic that you wrote your own missions up for it. Um, I couldn't fault the missions themselves. They were, they were great. Um, and I guess the, the main difference that I noticed... Um, was a lot of the missions didn't have tap and go on the objectives, which which changed up a lot of the the gameplay a little bit um, because people were kind of having to leave units back on, on objectives and things. Um, and it was kind of in one way a little bit detrimental to my army because it's based on manoeuvrability and they're quite good at the tap and go. Um, but at the same time, it was kind of beneficial because I was having my opponents having to leave units in place rather than pursue my army across the table as quickly as well. Um, so yeah, it was it was an interesting difference in gameplay, um, and uh, I loved kind of all the Realmscape features, um, really adding an extra dimension to the game that I had to think about because a lot of them affected me quite. Heavily, I was lucky I didn't have any of my opponents kind of teleporting on top of me um, <laughs> during some of the missions that offered the teleportation that, that's not normally there because um, that's something my army, I've, I've really got to think about dealing with and if it happens at a random time, it, it can become quite tricky. Um, and then the the last game was um, the Realmscape feature was probably the, the most painful one for me because it was hitting all the units that were within the board edge range, yeah, which yeah. is generally my army. Um, so I think I lost a, a good six or seven models during that mission, oh. getting, getting whacked with mortal wounds From for staying at the edge of the table. <laughs> yeah, and I had to um, had to kind of balance balance losing the models. From that, with losing the models from my opponent catching me, so yeah, yeah, it was um, it was interesting. It was it was good. It threw a nice twist on, and um, the uh, yeah, the secondary missions were were um quite difficult to achieve, which I thought was good. They weren't kind of they weren't an auto auto achieve on most of the missions. You had to work for them um quite a bit, uh, which was which was really good. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. We didn't really touch on the secondaries actually with the other guys. So, um, yeah, we we just chose the chose to use the Games Workshop release secondaries anyway. Um, yeah, just a slight change to how they worked in terms of picking them, um, and you yeah. being able to try the same one over and over, but obviously only score at once. So good to know that. Yeah, they kind of work out that there's a couple that you can probably get given that yeah. you choose them, but they're not all really really easy to do. So that's yeah, that's quite good to hear that they worked well. So yeah, yeah. With with doing yeah. all the custom scenarios, it takes a bit out, takes a bit of pressure out not having to also do custom secondaries. So, mm. it's, good. so it's good to hear that they worked. Well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the deployment methods were really interesting too. I thought that were the one of the most interesting parts, changing up the um the standard deployment um kind of areas, and we often had kind of a, a blank 
a blank area of the map almost where the armies weren't opposed, but they were starting next to each other. And um, <laughs> that that provided a really nice change up. So. Yeah, cool. I, yeah, I think that's been the most common bit of feedback I've heard is that everyone really likes the mixed up deployments. Um, so yeah. cool. And it looks like we're starting to see that in this year's GHB, actually. Um, there's some really yeah. interesting ones there, which is cool to see. So, um, yeah, it looks it looks like it's going to be fun how just changing something as simple as deployment can completely change a mission. So, mm. yeah. yeah. Have you um, had any games under the new GHB yet? Uh, no, I've been pinned down with uni. I've had a had a quick flick through the um, uh, I guess the revised missions and the the changes to relocation or um, and a couple of the other missions look pretty sensible um, to to I guess make them slightly more predictable. Um, and some of the burning objective ones, carrying them out longer in the game before that can occur, um, I think is a good choice. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, because I guess you have to kind of balance it out and it, it gives your opponent time to get into a, yeah. a stronger position if they need to rather than being swarmed by an alpha strike on turn one and having it all over in 20 minutes. So, Yeah, that was a real sucky kind of occurrence, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, um, it was always a tricky one. I think it favoured favored army builds quite strongly and then taking it longer in the game. Yeah, I, I think it should balance it out. Not that I've play tested it yet, but we'll see how it goes. Yep. I guess in the upcoming tourneys. And so, what's uh, what are your plans for future tourneys? Have you got any, um, anything coming up? Yeah, so I've I've got my ticket booked for GT. Um, so I'm at the moment I'm working on um, the extra points to add to the Vanguard list for that. Uh, I'm not sure whether I'm just going to um, to adjust the current list up by 500 points and just take some more normal units and maybe one battalion. Um, The option is there at 2,500 to go the full Vanguard Auxiliary Chamber. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I'm not sure whether I want to do that at this stage and and kind of um, just go full shooting uh, insanity. I, I think it's a pretty strong list. Yeah. So for people yeah. people who are listening, uh, when when Sean said that, Chris had this massive evil grin on his face, nodding his head. Because <laughs> at two and a half k, I've had that list written for a long time, and I was going to take it, and then I saw you, and you said, "Yeah, I might take it," and I'm like, "Oh." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of it's there teasing me. Um, so essentially, that what that would bring is. Um, you add plus one shot to all all uh, Vanguard units in the army, which means that that unit of long strikes then becomes quadruply effective because you're double double shotting it every turn. So um, thirty six long strike shots a turn. I also have I also have a unit of uh, six Hurricane Raptors who, who would put out one hundred and twenty shots a turn at double shot. Um, yeah, I think, so, I think you're just making a decision now. <laughs> uh, We'll see, we'll see how we go. The, the points drops have actually that, that came in the, the handbook have actually been quite good for the Vanguard, mm. I guess, because they're a, a, probably an underutilised army at the moment for most of the units. So even my standard list that I took to slaughter has dropped by about 110 points or something like that. So it's um, it's easily another character in for the list. Um, 
But uh, I think um, GT is probably going to be the last run for my Vanguard, and then I'm going to look at switching over to a um, uh, almost a pure Trolls army for Gwilym's fight for heading towards cool. CanCon next year. So. And having seen your painting, I think that's going to be a very nice-looking army as well. Thanks. Hopefully. Hopefully. It's all grey at the moment, so <laughs> it, it'll have to develop pretty quickly, I think. <laughs> just, do, just do them as a statue army. You'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The stone trolls will work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So um, lastly, Sean, um, is there any, uh, any anywhere online that people can find you if they want to get in contact with you? Um, just on, on Facebook, um, under Sean Hay, if you wanted to add me, um, send me a, a request. Um, and that's pretty much it. Um, haven't got any Instagram accounts or anything going at the moment. So. Is there, do you have like a, somewhere where people could look at your army, like anything like that or? No, I've been really slack. I probably should get on that and, and put some of my armies up on, um, on an Instagram account. I might do that at some stage this year when I get a bit of time. Yeah. Um, well, there, yeah. we've, we've got some photos um, in the in the album from the event anyway. So if um, you're yeah. interested, just um, just go over to the Morley Winded uh, Facebook page and have a look at some of our uh, our albums and you'll see Sean's army in there. It's the, the Stormcast with the sort of the blue pauldrons and the, the jungle foliage and, foliage and stuff. <laughs> um, yeah. And yeah. would you like to uh, do any shout-outs to anybody? Uh, yeah, I'll just give a shout-out to... Um, Lewis and um, the owner of Jolt, uh, who's uh, uh, they're a local um, private hobby hobby venue down here. Um, probably probably one of the best hobby venues in the country. I think we've got about twelve tables just set up all the time. Uh, yeah. Eight foot with the two foot sideboard to throw your army on. Yeah, um, awesome. it's just a great venue. We're pretty spoiled down here, and. Um, I'll give a shout out to the guys at Belco too, um, Matt and Sean. Um, G Dub Belco is always good value whenever you need hand in there. So, yeah, yeah, nice, cool. cool. I think final thoughts. Obviously, we've wrapped up Sydney Slaughter 2019. Hopefully, we'll see you at Sydney Slaughter 2020. Definitely. Just, just keen to get your thoughts, your hopes. What would be the the kind of number one thing you'd like to see um, change or? whatever for Sydney Slaughter 2020? Um, oh, that's a tough one. Um, maybe more players, player. just more players. Get more guys there. Everyone turn up to it. It's awesome. We'll do what we can. That one's out of our control, unfortunately, but we've definitely yeah. got the, we've got the venue for it. So there's definitely more space. So um, yeah, we'll, we, we'll hope, hopefully get more people um, yeah. next year, but um we, did you like the theme? I mean, there wasn't this year for me. There wasn't really a, an overall kind of narrative. Obviously, the scenarios were based around five of the newer armies, but there wasn't like a, a flowing through narrative. Is that something that would improve the event for you? Or um, did you like just how the like five um, individual scenarios worked this year? Uh, potentially a narrative going through would be be interesting. The, the five scenarios as standalone were, were fine. They were great. Um, so yeah, I guess if, if it wanted, if you wanted to take it to like a narrative level, that'd be, that'd be really interesting too. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. Bring back the narrative, Chris, for next yeah. year. <laughs> but, cool. but keeping it match play. Yeah. 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 Yes. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well, um, thank no you worries. for, um, coming on the show, Sean. Um, really appreciate yeah, you right. taking some time out and, um, yeah, we'll see you very soon. 
And yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. We'll just, uh, yeah. Go yeah. ahead, man. <laughs> no worries. I'll see you guys up at up at GT, I guess. So, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks very much for having me on the podcast. No worries, and thanks for coming on, and well done on again on third. Cheers. Thanks. handbook 2019 guys what are your thoughts have you had any games what do you think about some of the new command abilities what do you think of the new terrain um mystical terrain features tables and all that uh stuff that's uh, sort of swimming around in the in the ether at the moment um yeah it's all good new terrain new terrain is really good yeah yeah expanded table is really good. The, um, the expanded triumphs, the expanded uh, command abilities. Yeah, it's going to really mix things up. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah I'm a, I'm a big fan. I know um, that there's some voices out there that aren't quite uh, so excited about it, but uh, I think like after playing a few games under these new, um, especially the mystical terrain tables, like we rolled them up as per uh, the the GHB, and even like laid out the terrain like like in the GHB, like six inches, no, like six inches away from the edges and from each, from other terrain pieces, 10 pieces are on the board, um, more than three inches from objectives because you put your objectives down first. And um, it really, it, it made it improve the game really. Like um, that was my experience with it. Had you got, have you guys tried, tried that yet? No, I haven't, I haven't tried the terrain. I think it needs to be fixed because of the, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think they will, and but I was playing Ardeneth in this game, and we just played it that the that like as per the Ardeneth uh, rulebook with how how he placed his boats. So we just kind of ignored ignored it a bit, but like the yeah. setup itself was fine. But we we uh, we rolled on the table like we did. You know, four goes four up goes on the new table, um, one to three goes on the the old table, and we ended up only rolling up just you know make two or three of the new terrain features like the we used we had the uh command terrain feature which i thought was awesome uh, that was um, it really influenced how i played um it influenced where i deployed um i won the toss off for deployment so i immediately picked that side because i wanted to get my general hugging that terrain piece for most of the game how do you, how do, you do a toss off I know, I was thinking, <laughs> phrasing. <laughs> oh, oh, God. Some of the tongue there. Oh, James, there is a Taylor well, joke James. in there somewhere. Yeah, we don't do that in our basement. <laughs> oh, this, is, this is a jolt as well. <laughs> James really loves the best opponent vote. <laughs> That's one way to get around it. <laughs> Yeah, so but um yeah, we the command one was really cool. I was getting two command points every turn and I was had the Ether Quartz brooch as well, so I was like expending like two or three points um and getting two back, you know, most of the time. And I was really taking advantage of those new ones where you re roll to hit 
reroll ones to hit, reroll ones to save. I found that really useful, um, especially in my with on my unit of Morgasts. Um, unfortunately, they got they got absolutely pummeled by two units of eels, one on each end of them. So they didn't really survive. Well, one survived um, that round of combat, which was quite impressive anyway. But um, I was still able to. Uh, try and buff them a little bit um, using those command points, um, which I hadn't had the ability to do before. So I quite enjoyed it. Um, my experiences so far have been positive. Um, I think, yeah, I think it's a good thing moving forward. The game's uh, developing, growing, um, and it's not too much that it's adding to the the so-called bloat um, that's um, being talked about at the moment. But, yeah, well, how do you guys feel about all that sort of stuff? Anyone? I... I... We've played two games with just the new terrain. Yeah, not rolling the old, just rolling the new table so we could use it all. I thought yeah. it was really good. And yeah, it's 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 not not too much. It's just enough. A little bit yeah. more interesting. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Which um which one? Any standouts? Um the um yeah, the command was good. We only had one that was in the middle, and that yep. was good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And um uh Jeff's mega boss was on sitting on that, getting extra command points. <laughs> Yeah, you know it's it's good. Yeah, the command the command is probably the best one out of that lot, I think. Yeah, you can get your general on there. But yeah. easy to neuter it as well. Like if you don't want that general, um, yeah, get it. You just send your your general over there, and then you could have a a general. Um, yeah, you can have a duel. Yeah, and the other one is the null terrain nullification. Yes, you know, oh. just dispel endless spells. There's going to be a lot of uh, trickery going on there. Some yep. shenanigans. Yeah. And there's the movement one as well, minus two to move. Yeah, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, yeah, the minus two to move one's massive. Yeah. yeah. It's just such a big thing in AOS and just I, I always find myself constantly being like, yep, you can have that on your side of the board. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I played one game with the new book um, Friday night. Um, we we ignored the terrain placement stuff, um, so we still had – stuff near the edges of the board near objective etc because it's going to get changed anyway and i i don't think they've done the right thing there to be honest um so we ignored that part but i really like the new table i like that the old ones are still there and the new and as soon as they've released new dice as well i I don't really think it's going to add that much extra time you're just kind of a rolling one one dice beforehand for deciding which table and then just quickly roll out your dice um and i really like the effects it was cool um Yep. we had the we had one of the pieces uh, overgrown, the line of sight blocking one, and I was playing nine hurricane raptors with a couple of units that I definitely didn't want to die. So I was like, okay, this is sorry, long strikes, and I was like, great, I, I want that side. Picked it and then realised that my slam flies, <laughs> so the terrain doesn't <laughs> the terrain doesn't work. But I was able to just put the engine there, so the engine couldn't be shot off. Um, so that was really cool. It immediately meant though that my opponent kind of knew. Like it was strong for me, but it also meant I was completely telegraphing where a huge amount of my army was going to be set up. So it was interesting. Um, anything else though, we only had like volcanic, which never went off. Um, mm. yeah. And we had one bit of nullifying, but neither of us had any endless spells near it. So that didn't really have any impact. Um, there was some mystical, there was some arcane, just like normal. So I really like it. I think it's cool. I like the, I like the new terrain stuff, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. Did you guys, uh, did you use, did you utilize any of the new command abilities? Uh, no, we didn't, no, we didn't use them. Um, I, I wasn't generating more than one a turn anyway, and I was always using my normal command ability every turn. Um, so yeah. And then, yeah. And Nathan wasn't either because he was using his command points for teleporting and hero face shooting. So 
it's cool. It's it's good to have sort of, I guess, yeah, like if armies like you guys are playing, it's not really going to affect you that much to, anyway. So it's not that impactful. But it's well, it's good to have that in your back pocket, I think, just to have that handy reroll ones to hit on save in a combat if you really, really need it. And if, yeah, you, got, yeah. and if you got the CPs to spare, whatever. Uh, yeah. Nathan used the new Triumph thing. He got the... He rolled up the Battleshock immunity, so he used that once to just auto pass the Battleshock test when he'd lost like three sequiturs and stuff. So nice. That was that was fine. Yeah. So someone else was chiming in there. Uh yeah, I, w- I was just going to say. I mean, for for me, I I don't see myself using them too much because uh, I obviously my list revolves heavily around using command points on the. Bloodthirsters command ability and then the Reapers of Vengeance command ability. But I think it'll be really good for armies like uh, Gloom's Fight. Uh, so Keith will probably make really good use of them because they always end up with like 15 extra command points by the end of the game that they can't spend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I need to um, make some cards or something to prompt myself to use them because yeah. I forget about them until I learn, you know, when they're going to be there. Yeah. What about what about you, Steve? Have you, have you played any games under the new book? I haven't had a chance to play any games yet. Won't be playing till uh, this week, but I yep. do like the look of the new terrain rules. So yep. There's going to be a few different options out there at least, and you can't rely on getting arcane because there's more options now. Yeah, that sort of thing. So, um, but yeah, I haven't played, so I can't really say yet. Yeah, no worries. But I think yeah, like it's still early days, so I think people are still gradually getting their teeth into it. So I think we'll definitely be evident um, how the community feels about it over the next sort of few months. I think. Um, but yeah, I, I think what what do you guys think of um, the new mercenaries stuff? Do you think you'll do you think they'll be getting used? Do you think you'll use them? Are you writing them into lists or? No, I don't think they'll get used much at all. You can't really fit. Um, I was pointing up some of them and it's really hard to fit fit it in to a 2,000 point list really. Like I think maybe in a 2,500 point you'd be able to do it, but then you're sacrificing so much to get that in your army and do you really need it? And I think it's, yeah, I think some people may, some people won't. I don't think we should ban it overall. I think it should be an option there for people who want to use it, but I don't think it's going to um, change, be a massive game changer um, if people start doing it en masse, but as it stands, it's really hard to actually fit it in to a 2,000 point list. Anyway. I think the uh, the skeleton and the um, the necromancer yes, yeah. nursery one's pretty good. Yeah. But um, a lot of the others, I don't know if they're really worth sacrificing the command point yep. first turn as well. That's right. Yeah, you've got to think about, think about that too. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure I'd take it in a competitive setting, but I do love the idea behind it. Um, certainly if you weren't, if you were valuing like having a cool fluffy list or you were going to sort of a narrative um, gaming tournament, um, I'd love the idea of, you know, even order armies allying in some man eaters. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause that's super thematic, just ogre mercenaries fighting for you, stuff like that. Um, and I've always seen allies as a really cool opportunity to um, convert up some stuff to match your army. Yeah. So I don't think I'd be chucking dwarf cannons in one of my destruction lists, but I might, you know, rip apart some of the speed freak buggy guns from 40k and stuff and have them as like lucid guns 
that could be yeah, pretty cool. Sure. <laughs> cool. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, there's a lot of lot of creativity um, out there to be had with uh, with that. That's awesome. Any other thoughts there? No, not at the not at the moment. No. Cool. Yeah, I, I just don't think we see we're it. Just, uh, I think we're desperately waiting for this. I know at this point in time, we're waiting for that FAQ to come so we can see what they're going to do to Skaven and um, Flesh Eater Courts and yeah. maybe a lot of point drops, maybe Blood Warriors for corn might be worth taking again or something. Who knows, you know? Oh, no, Blood Warriors are definitely worth taking for corn. Come on. They're oh. worth, yeah, they're worth taking them at the moment anyway. The activation wards, they're perfect. Yeah. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just i just wish they had some rend or something. You know? Yeah, well, well, they got a bit. But, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. But put it this way, I wouldn't want to charge one of my bloodthirsters into a unit of uh, blood warriors at the moment. Because mm. I know yeah, that no I, matter I, what yeah. happens, they're taking wounds. Yeah, I think 10 blood warriors would kill a ghoul king on Terrorgeist. Like... Mm. Just piling in once they're not they're not resilient. Most of the big things that hit first, and so yeah, I think blood warriors are good. But all right, um, I'll get them out yeah. again, and I'll see see how they go. All right, yeah, put the spells away, get the blood warriors out. <laughs> yeah, <okay. laughs> but yeah, I think I think we're probably all in the same boat, just waiting for that two week FAQ. Well, I think they've passed that now, so however long it's going to be, but. Until then, the game's going to kind of be in that state of flux where it's new, but people are holding off doing full kind of, okay, this is what the new competitive landscape looks like because we don't know points changes for some main armies. We don't know actually how you're supposed to play the terrain rules because they have said they're going to FAQ it, but they haven't said why or well, how. So that'll be interesting. Yeah. Do, you, do you think they hit um, the hag and which hell's hard enough? Yeah, I actually think they did. Yeah. Um, yeah, looking at lists and stuff, it's feels like outside of Hagnar, they don't feel that bad. I actually just think Hagnar probably needs a change. Yeah. Um, but to be Hagnar, honest, I think that's yeah. the issue they've they've made for themselves with doing all these temples with free rules is it's very hard to make all of the kind of temples or whatever they make out of the four equal. So there's always just an immediate go-to. And if they don't cost points, then that's why you'll immediately just see well, Gristlegore is just the best use of a Ghoul King on Terrorgeist. But then if you bump up the points for a Ghoul King on Terrorgeist, you're kind of even just making the problem worse because the, then you're like, okay, well, he now costs even more, so I really need to get the most out of him. So Gristlegore is the only option rather than it going the other way. I think they just need to stop giving. And if you want temple or whatever they are, they need to cost points, and then you can just adjust the points. So Hagnar costs a hundred, Kraith costs twenty. Like it, yeah, yeah, it will yeah. then adjust itself. Yeah, yeah, that sounds. Yeah, why don't you send them a letter? Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure they should. <laughs> <laughs> I would, I would love to see those slaughter hosts and stuff like that have negative rules attached to them as well. So obviously, with flesh eaters, you miss out on. Is it feast day yep. where you get the free uh, double attack a turn? But it'd be super cool if Gristle Gore, Terror Geist, and Zombie Dragons say, well, it's entirely possible yeah, we have this, and I hadn't read it for a while, but they have to charge if they're within 12. So they have like the Stonehorn rule. Oh, yeah. You just go, well, those ones are massively bloodthirsty. And then you have to start 
comparing like, oh, is it worth having this amazing monster that can be manipulated so easily? Mm, yeah. That'd be cool. <laughs> yeah. It's a bit more, a bit, a bit of a rules adjustment. Yeah. So I, that's the thing I'm most curious to see yeah. is if it's just going to be points changes or if they're aware that they need to actually substantively change the rules. Bit of a rewrite there. To actually not just ruin it or. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm just kind of intrigued to see how far they're going to go in addressing these issues. They haven't gone that far before with anything, have they? So it would be Not a really big since, step to do that. Not really since Thunder is, right? Oh, yeah, I know, I, know, I know they probably don't want to do loads of actual like rewrite things that have been in published books, which I do understand. Although that being said, there's a lot of big FAQs for some things like Disciples of Zinch. And, um, they quickly shafted Skull Cannons. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I they're I, not good, Chris. I do wonder if it could just be points. Like, if if they just added on points to stuff, it might work. But mm. not, not sure. Um, okay, cool. So yeah, we, we, it sounds like quite early. Obviously, only a few of us have had games um, yet. So I guess as this is the the slaughter wrap up, we've talked about slaughter that was twenty nineteen. What would you guys most like to see at Sydney Slaughter 2020? Mm. Uh, more trivia and more people. Okay, we can <laughs> we can we can try and do both of those. One of them is in my direct control; the other is not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, a repeat of this year would be good because I thought this year was really good. Yeah, I felt like an improvement over last year's. I think. What do you think um, might discourage people from coming? I think some people freak out a bit with the custom scenarios without trying them. Because mm. I know I know previously, it may have been one or two years ago, I forget, we did a trial day for the scenarios. A warm-up. And mm. I know you will have, like, tested them out and stuff like that. So I'm not saying they weren't tried, but I think it gave – an opportunity to really publicly show people mm-hmm. on the Facebook group, uh, especially the Sydney one, that these scenarios are really good and they're fun. So potentially even doing something like streaming you guys, you know, Chris and um, James having a run through some of the scenarios would be quite good. Actually, that's, cool. that's a cool idea. Like having, like having a, like a, a, yeah, a, a game, video one. a video, yeah, okay. That's a cool idea. Okay. Yeah, that is cool. You'll have to come up to um come up to Sydney for the weekend or vice versa, Chris. <laughs> yeah. We'll set um, up we'll set up the stream and demonstrate. Yeah, okay. I do know that yeah, I know that the custom scenarios is potentially uh an issue and that's why I'm trying to make them more and more and more closer to GHB in their feeling. Like they're a lot less wild and wacky this year. Um and naturally seeing the changes they've made to the GHB scenarios this year does feel like more along the lines of they're they're starting to do different deployments and like mm. and and things like that, which is kind of cool. Um, People a bit more become a bit more accustomed to it. To but yeah, I mean, I'll keep trying to just streamline them. And uh, as you said, Keith, I know that you weren't a huge fan of the Realmscape stuff. And I think at the time I was writing them, the general consensus was people wanted Realm stuff. And then mm. kind of after I'd done them, the tide had kind of turned and most people were saying, no, it's too much. And I'd, <laughs> I'd really put them in. So I was like, oh, well, some people will like them. Some people won't. But 
yeah, it's um, it's always good to just get feedback and and try and hear, try and I'll try and balance them much more. No, I think um, just having one spell and one you know realmscape feature, one command ability was okay. You know, you didn't go over the top, but also on the layout on the sheets, I've got one of the um scenario sheets in front of me. What you want to do is put a just put a box so I can quickly find the the spell and quickly find the command ability. <laughs> you know, it's I got to put my glasses on to find it. And I got to work out where's the bloody command ability, where's the spell, and you know. So probably okay. something, you know, bigger type for seniors or something, you know? <laughs> I mean, I hate to be a broken record, but yet again, if you don't take magic, you cast <laughs> the things you've got to remember there. Well, i got to see what you're going to cast. You know? <laughs> there we go. Yeah. We'll probably be playing Iron Jewels with those um, big stomps and things next. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get a special one made for you next year. Yeah, A3 size or something, yeah? <laughs> What did you guys think about the the kind of theme this year? In that there wasn't it wasn't necessarily a direct theme, um, but there was obviously five different kind of each scenario kind of um, embodied an army or a battle tome. Um, but would you prefer like a, a, a kind of narrative flow like the previous years had, or how did how, what sort of thing did you want there? Oh, that's my dog. Sorry. Um, I, I, I would like something like a map and then each each scenario is one region on the map or something. You could see yourself going across the map and maybe a, a magic item that your general has and, you know, you can go to town. Yeah. Can you, can you hear my dog? I'm going to go and kill him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, like the, I like the fact that they were themed. I think there probably could have been a bit more. There's There's certainly room for a bit more narrative with them. Uh, so that's really your call, you know. Even even what you're doing now is more narrative than you get at most events, right? But um, you could add more on top of it. I'm just really glad you confirmed there wasn't an overarching narrative there because I felt like the worst came worst type of power gamer, having been to a two day event and wasn't sure whether I was missing the overarching storyline. <laughs> <laughs> I think I like the the overarching narrative you had last year. It just kind of give every game a sense of place. Um, yeah. But it wasn't bad this year having them different because each was still themed around one of the newer armies that's come out. So it was still, you could get your head around what was going on. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, I think, I think in my head I was like, oh, it'd be good to have a story tying it. But um, yeah, I wasn't sure just with doing all the, the scenarios again and um kind of using that them all being based off a different army book quite how to write a, a story or a narrative around that but good to know that that's something that people are keen for but still to keep it competitive mm, yeah yeah yeah, I, yeah think, sort of... I think that's good yeah and I, I think we can all appreciate everyone who was there can appreciate the effort you put into to making it like this, you know, and making the scenarios look just like out of the GHB and so on. That's yeah, thanks, Trav. Well thanks, Trav. Yeah. Yeah, Trav <laughs> I can't, I can't take, I can't oh, take credit okay. for that. Yeah, he's I, uh, I would be using paint and it would look very bad. <laughs> PowerPoint. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, um, should we move on to, do you guys want to, uh, do you guys have any shout-outs? Keith, do you have any um, any shows that you might be? Oh, all right, yes. I'll shout-out to um, 
if um, I'm one half of the Creaky Gamers, myself and my mate Jeff, we uh, have a game once a week and we record it and um, have a lot of fun doing it. And so if you check out the Creaky Gamers channel on YouTube, where um, we've got some quite a collection now of videos up there, then we're gradually improving and, um, you know, trying to make it not as boring as possible and trying to give you different views of the games and we try and mix up the armies. We're not the most competitive types, but um, we both like to win occasionally. Uh, so check out the Creaky Gamers on YouTube and um, have a look. Anyway, cool. that's me. Yep. Is that, the, is that the best place to, if people, someone... Yeah, yeah, if people just drop a comment in there or something and um, we get back to you and we're trying to add, going to add more uh, hobby stuff and talk about movement trays and magnets and things. So yep. there's going to be more on there as we uh, as we develop the channel. Cool. Well, there you go, guys. Um, check out, make sure you check out the Creaky Gamers on YouTube. And uh, Matt, where can we find you? Um, so basically, best place to get me are just... Facebook um, through either Blades of Corn Group. I'm on there a lot. Um, and then uh, the Age of Sigma Sydney page. Uh, anyone in Sydney who's not currently on there really should consider it because uh, it, it's a really great resource uh, from everything from lining games up to just hobby inspo with work in progress Wednesdays and stuff like that. Yep. Cool. Any shout-outs? Uh, yeah, the, the two I make is sort of uh, just Sydney event-based. I think uh, Magro AOS Coach has moved to a bigger venue for Sydney GT. Mm-hmm. So I know he's got a pretty good wait list already, um, but I think he's getting 30 to 40 more places. Yep. So if you are keen to hop on your first big Sydney GT and you don't want to wait till uh, Sydney Slaughter next year, uh, that's a really good option. And then also I know that uh, our very own Cranky Lim is lining up an event for around the same time uh, that I think is going to be a team's event. So that's a really good way of hopping onto the tournament scene too. Yeah, I think it's the, yeah. the week before the 5th and 6th of uh, September, I think, is the team's event. It's, at, it's the Moab weekend, so it'll be at Moab. And then yeah. um, it's the October long weekend. October long weekend, sorry. And yeah. then Anthony's event is the week after. Um, yep. And yeah, that's that's going to be great. That's he, I think he's opened up to 110 spots now. Anthony's event, and it's 2.5k as well. So there's a, yep. there's a there's a notable difference and there. So it'll be a different kind of tournament, which is cool. Um, yeah. And Games Workshop themselves are on board as a yeah. sponsor, huge, which news. is amazing. That's yeah. exciting. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be awesome. Congratulations, Anthony. That's awesome. And it's going to be at the Canterbury Leagues Club now, so much bigger, nicer venue from um from all accounts there. So yeah, well done, Anthony. Make sure, guys, if you haven't got your tickets, get onto that thing stat because they will get snapped up real quick. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I've already got my pass for both of those events, actually. So I'll be at the team's <laughs> event and I'll be at Sydney GT. So Yeah, cool. Hopefully I can bring two and a half K of dinos. All right. Not Chris or Gore. No, I'm gonna bring four I'm gonna bring four engines instead. And oh, then dump, dump a load of skinks on the table. <laughs> snakes and the snake snakes. Bastards. Yeah. <laughs> wow, Chris, you're a really fun guy. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's that's Keith with his mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> What about you, Steve? Where can we find you, mate? Uh, you can find me on the Sydney AOS page, hang around there a bit, and at Company of Dice, the um, club where Sydney Slaughter was held. So yep. we've got Thanks, a, guys. 
for our sponsorship. Our Facebook page, Company of Dice. And we meet the first Saturday of every month at Padstow RSL. So if you're in Sydney, come and check us out. As always, gamers looking for a game. Um, yeah, we had 60 players this weekend, so it was yeah, pretty good. Huge. Can vouch for it. Like it's um, definitely when I'm in when I'm in Sydney. When I was in Sydney, it was my club, and um, now I'm in Canberra. I'm still planning to come up. I'm pro- quite possibly going to come up for the August one because I think that's the anniversary event. It definitely is. So yeah, I was going to say I'll be there next month. It'll be the birthday, so I'll be yeah. there. I'll be um, aiming aiming for it, um, but if not that, then it'll be September even. But, um, yeah, it's definitely well worth it. Um, we are yeah. going to be looking at running a meeting engagement like event day probably yes. towards the end of the year. So oh, cool. that yeah, should absolutely. be uh, pretty good as well. Yeah, so. I, I can vouch for it as well. I After Sydney Slaughter, um, I really like the venue. So I decided to go for my first time this last weekend. Um, as Steve alluded to before. Um, and yeah, I got, I got a game in there. It's a really, really good venue, really good group of guys too. So yeah, couldn't, couldn't suggest checking that out yeah. enough. And they all, all sorts of games, gaming systems. Yeah. There's the AOS guys. They've got bolt actions, pretty big, uh, X-Wing and 40k if that's your jam but um then the historical guys are there as well which are always i'm always thoroughly impressed with those with those dudes um level of hobby is awesome but yeah just get up there and get amongst it exactly get get around that shit (laughs) (laughs) cool and so steve we can find you uh do you you on twitter anything like that Nah, just facebook just Just all the all the aos groups yeah cool no worries and uh, moving forward, in, like looking to the future, so we just we touched on some future events there. What are, what are you guys got planned? Uh, what's your next tournament? What are you working towards? Keith, go. <laughs> Sorry, I was on mute. Like, oh, <laughs> That's really good to say too. Um, Bloody technologies. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll be at Moab for sure, probably, and I'll hopefully go to Anthony's one as well. The um, the Sydney GT. So I hopefully get to both of those. Yep. But um, real life gets in the way. And um, just a couple of shout outs as well. The Games Cube has a, um, a tournament on the third Sunday of every month in Sydney. So that's always good to go to. It's a Parramatta one, yeah? Yeah, the Parramatta one. So that's a Parramatta. And the Hall of Heroes, which I was at today, they have one on the first Sunday of every month. Cool. That's so, at um, Campbelltown, yeah? Campbelltown, yeah. Yep. So Matt at Hall of Heroes runs that one and Lindsay up at the Games Cube. So they're always good places to go. Good practice games places. Good practice games, yeah, always good fun games, yeah. So yeah, cool. Yep. Yeah, so just those two at the um, – if, Stephen, you're running the meeting engagement thing, I'll try and get along to that too. That would be good. Yeah. yeah, probably November or December at this stage, but yep. um, we'll see what happens. Yep, good. Yep, yep. Yeah, so Matt, uh, you're, uh, take it you're going going to Sydney GT? Yeah, yeah, I've got Sydney GT firmly in my sights. Um, I think I'm going to take four big boys to this one. Uh, me and Jordan from one of my club mates are uh, sort of toying around with the idea of a round one grudge with eight greater demons on the board at once. So, <laughs> yeah, definitely stepping it up for two and a half K. So I'm super excited about that. And then currently uh, praying 
that um, somehow Gabe is able to release more tickets for Rune Acts too. Yeah. I think we just missed out at this stage, so hopefully get some good news on that shortly. I think that sold out in like an hour or something. Oh, it was nuts. I, I was sort of like discussing it with guys the day before the tickets came out. I was like, yeah, apparently this thing's going up uh, tomorrow. We should definitely check it out. It was really good last year. Little did I know they'd already like sold out at that point just for yeah. release. Yeah, it's crazy. So a bit late to the party there, but hopefully a miracle occurs. Yeah. <laughs> You're going along to that one, aren't you, James? Yeah, yeah. So um, uh, upcoming stuff for me is I've got Ipswich GT. So uh, getting back on the traveling for tournaments. Um, it's been a, a few years, so keen to get up there and um, hang out with the Queensland crew. I think Clint's coming down as well. Um, Blake, Gabe, Hayden, Grudge and Gaden, Hayden, sorry, Hayden first round. Um, yeah, a whole bunch of dudes. The Fell Charge guys will be there. Look forward to catching up with all those, all those guys. Uh, taking Legion of Griefs, giving that a run, see how it goes, see if I can do well. I'm aiming to try and get it go four and one. I'm usually like a two, a three and two sort of guy, but I'll see if I can push it to four and one. But um, yeah, <laughs> see how we go. Um, beyond that is definitely um, I'm going to try and get up to another company of dice, but also yeah, Sydney GT is firmly set in the calendar. Um, there's also murmurings about the failed charge guys running an event. Uh, the week prior as well. Um, I think that's that would clash with the yeah they they put it on the Moab weekend unfortunately. Yeah. So there's murmurs, rumblings about that. I may get up to there. I might get up to Moab. I'm not I'm not sure yet. But yeah, beyond that is um, is the Runax. So I've in, uh, teamed up with um, Clint um, Mallet, Francis, and Travis Cooper. Uh, so we're going up there as the the Wet Palette Warriors. <laughs> is our <laughs> team. <laughs> So Clint was like, well, we should just call it um, <laughs> Three Awesome Painters and Clint. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, Clint, come on, mate. <laughs> Don't be so harsh on yourself. <laughs> no, that was good. Um, so looking forward to that. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, it be interesting to see how we go. And, yeah, that's pretty much it for me this year. Um, yeah, I try and – I can swing in two tournaments in one month, I'm – I'm doing very well in the browning points at home, so we'll see how we go. Yeah, you must have saved those up. Jeez. Yeah. I managed to swing one back in April as well. So, anyway. Does yeah, Steve, you get, you get into any? Sorry. Uh, not at this. Uh, sorry. Go. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a question. Let me go before. Does anyone know the format of Cranky Liam's um, Moab tournament thing? Uh, one from each Grand Alliance. All right, so four people. Yeah, four people, one from each Grand Alliance, yeah. Oh, okay. All right, cool. Sorry. Go on, Stephen. Sorry. I'm also yeah. fairly sure the first game out of each round is actually fought exclusively on Twitter too, but that's just the <laughs> <weird> thing. <laughs> um, I'm hopefully going to make Moab um, or Sydney GT. I'm not sure what ones yet, but... Uh... We'll see what one I can make depending on real life stuff. Yeah. Otherwise, it's uh, CanCon. <laughs> Jeez. Oh yeah, CanCon. Um, Clint put up the put up the event last this week. I think it was. I think tickets are going on sale in September. I imagine they'll go pretty quick too. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be huge. Capped at yeah, two, I, capped at two forty. I think you're going to get 
more people travel internationally this year as well. So you're going to have to be on it. Yeah. As soon as you see it, just do it. Work it out later. <laughs> exactly. Well, I, don't just... know if, I don't know if I can go again, unfortunately. I think I'm going to have this problem every year, though, now, as uh, Riley mm. was born on the uh, Australia Day. So uh, every every year it's going oh. to cr- clash with CanCon, and so I have to decide if I'm at my child's birthday or not. Until they can come too. That's yeah, my plan. You've got about Once 10 years. Enough, yeah. Once he's old <laughs> enough, it'll be his birthday weekend. Yeah, 10 years until it's the best birthday present ever every year. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I can't I'm, wait I'm for hoping, little welfare just math hammering off in the corner. <laughs> I'm hoping I can make it these first few while he's a bit little so he doesn't really know what's going on and then I know I'm going to have to miss a load. Mm. Um, but, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. I will just get, I'll just get Clint to move it. Move it yeah, for a different I weekend. Yeah, that's going to happen. <laughs> just move it and make it 300. Simple, right? <laughs> yeah. Who needs CanCon? Let's just keep it called a glory. <laughs> new, new venue. <laughs> No, do it at Epic the following week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just us. <laughs> yeah, I think Clint would shoot me. <laughs> he'll, he'll, he'll shoot me now. <laughs> cool. So yeah, just um, what, what what's ahead for you, Chris? Just um, Moab and Sydney. Moab, GT? Sydney GT. Yeah, um, cool. I'm not going to make Masters this year unless I can get to some other event that will get me points. But yeah, yeah. Cool. All right. Shall we wrap it up there? Uh, yeah, I have no more questions or anything. No. Anyone, any more for any more? Uh, I'm all good. Cool. No, I've run out of beer and talking points, so <laughs> probably done. Cool. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on the show, guys. It was great to have you. Hope you enjoyed yourself. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for having me. And we're honored to be on here. Yeah. Yeah, it's good to have Mortally you. Mortally wounded podcast. Giddy up. <laughs> cool. And I'll, I'll put your um your YouTube channel in the in the show notes as well. And Thanks, Mike. Yeah. I'll I'll do a bit of plugging down there for everyone. Yeah. And um, yeah, Chris, any more for you, mate? No, all good. Thanks. Well cool. done, guys. Thanks for supporting the event again. And yeah, congrats on first, second, and joint third. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, just yeah. once more thanks to you two guys for putting on a great event again. Thank you. Yeah, definitely sure. looking forward to the next one. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you guys for what you do for the hobby. Well done. Thank you. Thanks, Keithy. Well, um, yeah, guys, we'll yeah we'll catch up with you soon. We'll see the future events and um, yeah, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for listening. Thanks to everyone out there who listens in and yeah, we'll see you later. Cheers.